Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we react to some of your voicemails reacting to the Buccaneers' win over the Rams. Your parents don't pack your lunches anymore, but you still need to eat. Have your favorite restaurants brought to you with DoorDash, brown paper bag not included. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite as well. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Don't forget, that's promo code Locked On for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the name before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. Hey fellas, Danny from Orlando, big time bucks win, what a game, Tampa Bay rolls in to play the LA Rams, and uh, we're 9 point underdogs, and sure enough, we keep our foot on the gas the whole game, put up 55 points, defense showed up, turnovers all over the place, uh, what an incredible game, it was a roller coaster, it was super, super exciting, and uh, I don't think people will be sleeping on us anymore, I know it wasn't perfect but man was exciting probably one of the most fun football games i've watched in a long time love the show go bucks what a great redemption game buccaneers way to come back word this is greco from south carolina i know y'all saw that game what an incredible game complimentary football field position Shaq Barrett going nuts. By the way, Shaq Barrett's defensive player of the year. I'm already putting it in there. Just, just letting y'all know right now. Sign that man. Sign that man. Yo, everybody was balling. Couple hiccups here and there. But man, they overcame it. I mean, making plays everywhere. It was incredible. Quite an incredible game. Wow. Yo, yo, I'm hyped. Go Bucks. Boys, Tyler from Boston, I am ecstatic right now. NFL sends us on a six-week road trip. You get you get the win. That's what you do. You come off an embarrassing loss. Your defense gets torched. Penalties all day long. You're on the road against a team that you're you're the underdog against. And what do you do? Despite all these adversities, you find a way to win the game. Take the ball away. Win the game. Haven't been stoked in a long time. You know what that sounds is, guys? Alex from North Carolina. That's the sound of me eating crow after last week, okay? I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I am so happy to admit that I'm wrong, okay? I fully expected this team to fold under pressure and give up that lead when it was 21-14, to uh, you know, with a few minutes left until halftime. But they found a way. They they almost found a way to lose, but, but they found a way, man. And I didn't think we'd see improvement against better competition on the road. But what we saw today was improvement, mostly on the offensive side. I think there's still questions on the defensive side. I think they were getting, they were getting, you know, they were getting torched by the same route over and over again. 
the defense, I think, still gave up too many points, gave up 33 points. Um, the Rams were scoring consistently on every drive um, after the first two drives where we, where we picked them off. But overall, there was improvement. I'm very happy this week. I'm very happy to admit I was wrong. I'm very happy to eat crow. Go Bucks. Hell of a game. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you in part by Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on and try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. I am James Yarko joined as always in his triumphant return by David Harrison. Check out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Real quick, thank you to Danny, Greco, Tyler, and Alex for the voicemails that we've already played. And look, guys and gals, we've received about 20 voicemails. We're not going to get to them all. We're going to try our best to get as many of them up as we can, but we just cannot get to all of them. We appreciate all of you who who called in. We are trying to make sure that the first time callers are getting in there. So you know, Layton, Jim in South Carolina, we 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 love you, but we're gonna we're gonna play some other guys uh, who have called in for the first time. But David, before we get into all that, you're back, buddy. How you doing? I am. I'm doing. well it's good to have you back in any capacity Mm -hmm. not that i don't love bailey and and bailey thank you for filling in for two episodes even though only one of them aired yeah missing missing monday was a hundred percent on my microphone i don't know what happened but it was bad it was was bad david if it can make me laugh while i'm sick in bed it's it's pretty entertaining so I i enjoyed listening to it i i'm Glad that I could provide some joy into your <laughs> sick filled life. <laughs> it was good. I wish we could have aired it. Uh, we need to have one of those. Uh, what's it called? Patreon accounts or something. And I could have uh, uh, uploaded that into that account and let people hear like the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, Patreon's against the rules. So we're, we're not allowed to start one of those. It's in my email <laughs> someday. Someday. If you run for president, I'll air it. I don't think that would incriminate me. And <laughs> just embarrass the hell out of you. It actually Man. might humanize you to people and it'll make them want to vote for you more, actually. All right. We'll keep that in the back pocket for when I run in 2044 or something. I don't know. But David, we have a game to talk about. Bailey and I went over a lot of this stuff uh in in the episode that will never be aired. So we're we're gonna focus a lot on on your voicemails. Again, we're gonna get to as many of them as possible. We think all of you that that called in um and i'll i'll remind everyone now and and in part two we're going to do a a double episode for today uh try your best to keep them at one minute so that we can get two more of them you know help your fellow listeners out by keeping these to one minute or shorter and uh and that way we can we can get more into one episode than than what we're only able to squeeze in here and in this one and the other episode that'll be dropping later today. So David, why don't we go ahead and just let's just dive in, man. There's there's a lot to get to unpacking this 55 to 40 victory. Hey James and David, this is Sean from the Nashville area. Try to keep this short cuz I bet you guys will probably get a lot of voicemails. That was one of the best and well, most exciting bucks games I've seen in a long time. 
offense showed up. Jameis looked good. The pick six was ugly, but a defense as good as theirs is going to get theirs. I'll take that performance that he had today, uh, any day of the week. Uh, Rojo, great game. Chris Godwin is a man. I like the attitude that Mike Evans showed on that touchdown, you know, showing off a little bit. It's good to see this team with a little bit of a attitude like that. Defense, secondary, worrisome, but we knew this Rams offense was legit. So hopefully they tighten things up a little bit next week. Scott Barrett is the man. That goes without saying. And, man, it felt good to see Dominican Sue go out there and put the dagger in the back of the old team. Felt good to win this one for Jason Light. Anyways, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. All right. Thank you very much for the call. And, and yeah, it was it was everything we thought a Bruce Arians offense was going to be. And that that's what Sunday boiled down to was – a high-powered offense taking shots down the field, you pounding the ball. Whether it was it was Barber on that opening drive, and then it was the Rojo show. This is what we expected to see from the offense when Bruce Arians was hired, and this is what they're gradually working towards. We didn't see it in Week One against the Niners. We really didn't see it in Week Two against the Panthers. You know, when Jameis even came out and said that he just managed the game, but against the Giants, against the Rams, now we're starting to see the offense get into a rhythm and start to click. And this is something that David and I have talked about here. We've talked about it at Bucks Nation. Yeah, it takes a little while for the offense to really get into a rhythm and and start to gel and and really start to realize its capabilities. You know, for for Bruce in Arizona, it took the first half of the season. You know, it, it took that long for for Palmer to really get comfortable and and start to play to the level that that he was capable of. Yeah, it seems to be going a little bit quicker now, but we need to see more of these games in a row before we start to say, all right, this team is is where it needs to be. As far as the defensive side of the ball, you know, the pass rush is night and day better than it's been in the past five years, but the secondary is still having a lot of problems. You know, it's something David Bailey and I talked about it. You know, Robert Woods quietly had a huge day. The, the guy had 13 receptions for 164 yards, and it, it kind of gets overshadowed because of of golf's problems turning the ball over and the fact that the woods didn't get in the end zone you know that was that was cooper cup but the secondary is still having issues mj stewart is certainly a liability we did see carlton davis take a step forward at least as far as not being penalized but that that the corners and the safety still have plenty of work to do the defense definitely has you know work too shaq barrett talked about it after the game uh, you know, another another standout game for him, potentially defensive player of the week worthy. I don't think it's as, you know, um, as as much of a sure thing as maybe his first one was or maybe, you know, his last one would have been if, if the Bucks were able to beat the Giants. But I think he's definitely going to be up there and, and some, you know, against some stiff competition, depending on what happens on Monday Night Football, of course, too. But, you know, that that amount of passing yards. When when you talk about a team, I mean, they, they intercepted Jared Goff three times. They strip sacked him once. So they took the ball away from this offense four times. So for them to still put up that many passing yards on them is definitely problematic and something that needs to get fixed. But you know, for the for the week for for week four, it's it's okay. Like for week four, you take it and and you put it up on the wall and you frame it because at the end of the day, you came away with a fifteen point victory, and that's what's most important. It's not the stats on the on the sheet. It's not how many passing yards you gave up or rushing yards you gave up. It's how many points you scored versus your opponent. And the Buccaneers came away with at least one more point. Then the Los Angeles Rams. So we're going to take it. We're going to run with it. And we're going to and we're going to put it up on film, and we'll work on on the on the rest of it for later. Because 
the you know they they've got I think it's actually kind of fortunate a little bit because you know if if this secondary was facing Drew Brees I'd be a little bit more worried than if they're facing uh, Teddy Bridgewater especially after seeing him you know just kind of the way he's he hasn't he's just not he's not the same Teddy Bridgewater that he was you know before the injury and, and the the rust and not having you know uh, as much playing time as he used to which is to be expected but. Um, yeah, my, honestly on the defense, my biggest concern honestly lies with MJ Stewart. Just, it seemed like every time that Jared Goff targeted Cooper cup, it was because MJ Stewart was lagging behind him. And I just, it, it drove me nuts because I, there's no other options. I get it, but MJ Stewart is not, uh, going to cut it. I don't think against top level NFL talent, you know, uh, covering the slot for long. No, no, not at all. And you know, well, while while we're kind of on the on the topic, of course, Monday Ryan Smith, cornerback for the Bucks, came back from suspension. The Bucks have been granted a roster exemption. They're allowed to essentially keep Ryan Smith until October seventh, I believe it is, without officially activating him. Uh, you know, cause as soon as they activate him to the 53 man roster, they do have to get rid of somebody. It makes me wonder, David, if they might be working on some sort of trade to free up that roster spot instead of outright cutting someone. We were talking about it in the Bucks nation group chat earlier this morning. You know, which player do we think is going to be the odd man out? You know, a couple of the, the popular names that popped up are tight end Tanner Hudson and, um, defensive lineman, Patrick O'Connor. You know, those were the two of the, the names that, that popped up in our, our minds first. And but yeah, you know, it would not surprise me if the Bucks are working out some sort of trade to try to unload one of one of these guys, you know, maybe for a, a late day three pick. We just saw the Falcons make a make a trade with the Eagles on Monday, you know, for a, a player in a, a late round pick. So, you know, they might be working with something in that aspect before officially bringing Ryan Smith onto the 53, or they might've gotten this exemption saying, you know what? Jason light is he's gone right now. We're not going to bog him down with this. He's got family matters to attend to, you know, give us a little bit of time to, to make this decision. Once Jason comes back, I don't know what the case may be just kind of food for thought, but yeah, I can't see MJ Stewart being the guy in, in the, uh, at the slot corner position much longer because he's just getting, he's getting beat like a drum. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different, you know, ideas out there. And then obviously Patrick Peterson is a popular name. Um, he's a guy that I mean, I, I, I admit I would like for the Buccaneers to trade for Patrick Peterson. I, I Heck don't think, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is even close to an option. So, you know, bringing a guy like Pat P in, he knows, he knows the defense, he knows the coaching staff, he knows, you know, what they want to do. He's hungry. And I guarantee you having him sat at home, you know, He's a he's a consummate professional, you know, and he's a captain on that team. I don't know if he's a captain this year, but he's been a captain in Arizona. So I guarantee you, if he stays in Arizona for the year, he's going to come in there. He's going to ball out. He's going to do everything he can to make that defense successful. But I mean, let's be honest: a guy who's at, at at Patrick Peterson's stage in his career, where this Cardinals team is at, this is not what he's looking to do. And he's not. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say this. And there's really no way to say this without kind of sounding almost like you know throwing shade at him, but. Larry Fitzgerald is a special creature. You know what I mean? Like if you ask Larry Fitzgerald, if he'd rather stay with Arizona for an 0 and 16 final season or get traded to a team that he knew was going to compete for a Super Bowl, he would stay in Arizona and take that 0 and 16. That's just, I just feel like that's the way Larry is. Patrick Peterson. I don't feel like 
is like that. I think Patrick Peterson would much rather go compete for a title in the twilight of his career versus sit with Arizona as they go through a rebuild and, and all this other, other stuff. So uh, I think Patrick Peterson getting traded to Tampa, I think you would get a very motivated veteran experienced leader who still plays physical, still has some of the top physical ability or athletic ability in the league. And I think it would be a really big jolt to this defense and really help them uh, get this thing put together because uh, again, I mean, you can't give up um, even 33 points. If you give up 33 points a week, I think you're going to lose more than you're going to win. Yeah, you're right back in that Mike Smith defense range. Yeah, they have they've got to improve that. You're you're absolutely right, and I agree. If they can pull off something for for Peterson, I think that would be great. That would you know that would take all of the cap space that they just saved in the reworking of that JPP deal, which we all kind of assumed was freeing up money for for Shaq Barrett. You know the Bucks have a lot of cap space moving forward, but David, we've we've talked about it. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of money going to Jameis Winston. There's going to be a lot of money going to Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin. They have more holes to fill than um, than what it looks like they can afford. So I don't know how they would pull that off, but I would be all for Patrick Peterson coming to Tampa. I just I think the likelihood is uh, it's slim to none. It, it's more likely than than Ramsey, who I guess the Jaguars turned down two first-round picks from a team because they felt that the team was going to be picking too late in the draft. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you can what you, you can gather from that. It was probably the Patriots. They're looking for a lottery pick. I mean, the, the Jaguars yeah. want a lottery pick. They want a top-15 pick. And they also don't want to send Jalen to a team that's going to win a Super Bowl because, you know, as, as much as people – don't want to admit that they listen to the public and they listen to the fans and all that stuff. Like the fans have a voice. And in Jacksonville, this team, I mean, just two years ago, this team was considered a Super Bowl contender, even with Blake Bortles on the roster. So then they bring in Nick Foles and it's kind of the expectation was kind of, this is going to resurrect uh, their championship hopes. And it hasn't worked out because, uh, because Gardner Minshew is a beast. No, I mean, I like Gardner Minshew, but I mean, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't kind of gone the way they wanted it to since 2017. And now, but I mean, they just beat the Denver Broncos. You know what I mean? It's early in the season, so they can put a lot of things together. Um, Leonard Fournette, you know, that doesn't help. People are watching Christian McCaffrey tear up uh, the NFC. And meanwhile, Leonard Fournette is, you know, he's serviceable. But when you talk about. Yeah, but when you talk about comparing him to a guy that was drafted right in the same area as he was in the draft, I mean, that's that's the thing. And then, yeah, if if the Jacksonville Jaguars ship. Uh, Jalen Ramsey off somewhere and he wins the title. That's just that's just bad uh, cosmetics. That's just bad on. That's just a bad look. And they're right. The return you get. I mean, depending on the strength of the class, you know, uh, you know, we'd have to ask the draft network guys. You know, they do obviously a lot more work on that during this time of year than we do. But what it, the likelihood of having another class as strong as this last one is very slim. And so if you're talking about a thirtieth or a twenty eighth pick, or having help you a thirty second pick in the first round. You're basically getting a second rounder with a fifth year option. You know what I mean? That's basically what you're doing. Which don't get me wrong, fifth year option is valuable, but it's not Jalen Ramsey valuable. Now you start looking at, you know, I don't know, like the Arizona Cardinals of the world. Like maybe the Arizona Cardinals ship a first, you know, two firsts and Pat P to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. That's something they might be able to do because Jalen Ramsey in Arizona is not taking them to the Super Bowl. But you know, they get Patrick Peterson for a year or two to make their fans happy, so on and so forth. But again, I don't think Arizona's going to mortgage their future for that either. So it just, you know, uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, I don't buy, not to get too much on a tangent, but um, I don't buy any of this stuff going on in Jacksonville as far as Jalen Ramsey's back is hurt and he's had the flu and da-da-da-da. Like, no. no. 
they're keeping him healthy so they can trade him. Um, that's that's pretty much the end of it. And I wouldn't even be surprised to find out later on down the road that he's told them I'm not playing. Let's keep this peaceful. I'll show up on the sideline and we can just you know hide behind this injury crap. But you need to move me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to come to a head sooner rather than later. I don't see him, you know, week five. I don't think it's going to get past week five uh, with him being in Jacksonville or he'll just have to give up on this trade hopes until the off season. But yes, right. I don't think that uh, trading for a cornerback is likely, but if it does happen, I think it would be Patrick Peterson. Uh, I don't think Jalen Ramsey is ever going to happen for Tampa, nor I mean, it doesn't make sense for the future, honestly, to, to bring Jalen Ramsey in right now. Uh, so Pat P is really it. I know some fans have been out there wondering, you know, who else is out there, but to kind of pull from Greg Almond's uh, tool bag, if there's a guy out there available between week four and week five as a defensive back, there's a reason he's available. You're not, you're not signing a, a, a shutdown corner off the streets right now. Um, it's just not happening. So if they don't trade for a guy like Patrick Peterson, it's Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargraves on the outside and MJ Stewart. And I don't know, maybe Ryan Smith on the inside for the for the foreseeable future all right well david let's go ahead and get over to another voicemail before you and i kind of lose track of what we're doing and, and get off on more tangents what's up guys man what a win uh just now getting back my voice after that and dom can sue fumble return for a touchdown uh just two quick things i wanted to point out uh both about the offensive coaching i'm sorry both about the two coordinators uh first about byron left which man i think he called a awesome game i think one thing that byron should he understands um who Jameis is and it's just incredible what a few quick easy plays can do to a drive and you'll see byron do that with a screen to godwin or a screen to a running back or even a tight end screen or just little quick hitters to keep Jameis in rhythm. I think that's huge for him, and I love that he's doing it. Um, it's a good game to him. And playing the fall top bowls, once again, love what he's doing. My only complaint is that I do think sometimes he commits too much to the blitz, and I think you saw that with very cerebral guys like um, Jared Goff and Daniel Jones. They kind of eat it up. But something I liked that last drive is that Bowles kind of picked and choose his spots a little better with the blitz. So appreciate what you guys do. Enjoying this week. All right. Go Bucks. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, there are some times where where the blitzes that Bowles dials up does turn around to bite the Bucks in the butt. However, it seems like the blitz is working to the extent of they're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're getting to the quarterback. It's forcing passes early. It's you know, they're they're deflecting passes, they're creating turnovers now. David, I think a lot of it has to do with trying to mask some of the deficiencies in the secondary by bringing so much pressure, you know, from all these different angles to try to get these quarterbacks to force bad passes rather than than anything else. I mean, we know defense coordinators love to love to blitz and love to get after the quarterback. You know, that's how they that's how they make their money. That's how they create head coaching opportunities for themselves down the line. But with this team specifically, I mean, if if they're only rushing the the front four and, and dropping everyone else in coverage, that's when we've seen them get picked apart. It's when they bring the pressure that they've been able to create mistakes for the offense and and create opportunities for themselves and 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 drives and and take the ball away. Yeah, and that's where I mean that's really where this kind of thing turns into a little bit of a double edged sword. Like we've seen the majority of these players, not all of them, but we've seen these players try to exist in a very passive kind of zone based scheme. And, and we know that it, it just doesn't work. 
the problem with trying to bring pressure from different angles and different positions, if it is, if it doesn't get home, uh, you've got fewer guys in the secondary running around the field. So there's more room for receivers to operate. And that's where teams like the Rams, you know, can cause problems. That's what we saw this week is, is that's where the Rams cause problems where they're running crosses and they're, and they're running drags and they're, you know, they're, they're running uh, in front of their quarterback's eye line instead of straight out from it. And that's, you know, those, those are passes that are typically easier to complete. And a guy like Jared Goff is, is much better at completing those types of passes than he is, say, a post or a fly, um, just because of the, the, the level of difficulty. So that, that was kind of what was a little bit concerning for me coming into this game um, that I kind of mentioned. That's where we talked about, you know, that yards after the catch uh, were going to be the biggest thing. And, and you saw for the most part, they did a very good job of limiting yards after uh, that yards after the reception. I mean, there were a couple plays where, you know, guys like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, like you said, had a very good day. I mean, Cup and Woods both had very excellent statistical days. If you're like me and you left Robert Woods on the bench in your fantasy league, you're kicking yourself unless Ouch. somebody else on your team took up those points, which I did have somebody do that. So I'm good. Um, that's that's what this defense is going to be predicated on is getting home enough to knock quarterbacks out of their comfort zone, knock quarterbacks off their spot, so to speak, and make it difficult and then capitalizing on those opportunities. And that's what we've seen so far is, you know, it's it's okay to give up, you know, 40, 50 yards passing in a drive if that drive ends in an interception or if that drive ends in a strip sack or if that drive ends in a field goal. attempt. It's, it's going to be kind of a classic Ben don't break system because what you're banking on is eventually your guys are going to get home, they're going to deflect a pass, or the quarterback's going to misread your disguise, or the quarterback's just going to overshoot a receiver, and you're going to have a safety waiting there, whoever is going to make the play. And then you got to make the play, and that's what we saw last week, right? Remember, I mean, we're trying to move forward, not backwards, but if Mike Edwards brings in that interception against Daniel Jones, how different is the, is the ending of that game? So the key is that when these mistakes are forced, they've got to be capitalized on. And that's what we saw against the Rams. That's why they came over with the victory, despite the fact that Jared Goff threw for 517 yards. But you know something? It was a very it's it's suiting that this happened in Los Angeles because to me it's a very Kobe esque type of game. To me, this is the equivalent of Kobe dropping 57 on a team, but shooting the ball like 30 times to do it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's 68 pass attempts for 517 yards. That's way below 10 yards per pass attempt. I mean, you're you're good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, and it was something else that we were discussing in the Bucks Nation group chat. I mean, the the Rams had 24 more offensive snaps than the Buccaneers did. That is wild. 24 more snaps. I mean, the the game should have been closer than it was. And in something that Bailey and I talked about was the game didn't feel as close as the the final score was. It felt like the Bucks were pretty much in control the whole time, despite them coming back from being down 21 to nothing and, and all that. It never felt like it was going to slip away from the Bucks watching it. David, real quick before we wrap up, something else that, and I'm going to keep referencing stuff that Bailey and I talked about because we had a great freaking episode that nobody's ever going to hear. Very upsetting to me. But something that we talked about, I, I would love to get your opinion on. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed 
Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E chew.com. Promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We were watching. You know, the, the game and through the first three games, for the most part, we've noticed that the corners have been up on the line, press man coverage, you know, just right going right after the receivers against the Rams. They were playing about seven to 12 yards off the receivers consistently. You know, we've heard about how much better Vernon Hargraves is as a press man corner and and Carlton Davis is better as a press man corner and all this, but they were playing off. My theory, and I could be completely wrong, but I, I again, I want your opinion on it as well. My theory was the respect that they had for the speed and versatility of Woods, Cooks, and Cup was forcing them to play off a little bit and give up everything underneath. Like that was almost their game plan. We we've seen their game plans the past couple of weeks have been just completely stop the run game, which they're they continue to do. But it looked like they they went into this game saying, look, we can give up passes to these guys. We can't let them behind us. Let them catch the the short underneath stuff and swarm to the ball. And that's exactly what they did. There really weren't any there weren't any deep passes. There were a couple that golf flat out missed on, but you, know, you can, you can point that out in, in any game, but it was, let them, let them have the underneath, let them have all the yards that they want. Just don't let them behind you get to the ball, take down the receiver and move on. I did. Did you get that feeling at all? Or, or do you, did you see something else? I guess is, is what I'm getting at. No, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And that's, you know, um, it's kind of weird because in, in a certain in a certain light, it looks like it's almost playing into Jared Goff's strengths. But in reality, what you're doing is you're containing Jared Goff into his comfort zone. You're not allowing him the opportunity to expand his range, uh, so to speak. You know, it's um, when, you, when you look at what the, what the Buccaneers d- defense did against the Los Angeles Rams, they only had one scoring possession where they didn't have to they didn't have to run at least six plays and that was uh a, one of their touchdown drives in the second quarter and that's when you know I'm, I'm sure every bucks fan out there was like oh here we go when they made it 21 14 you know uh, i'm sure there were a lot of fans out there like crap it's happening again uh uh-huh. but other than that man i mean you look at these scoring drives they're they're running eight nine ten eleven plays 
14 plays to open the drive. I mean, that that right there was a huge drive uh, in this game, that opening drive of the third quarter. Um, I don't know if I was the only one sitting at home, but I sat at home and the Rams ran their first play of the, of the third quarter and they didn't score. So I said, well, we're already doing better than last week. Let's go. Um, and then they end up going 14 plays. You know, that was the drive where they they kicked the field goal. Zerline made the field goal, but there was the penalty that gave them the first down. And again, I guarantee you, every Bucks fan was like, great, here we go. The Rams are about to score a touchdown now because of that penalty. And then three plays later, they go ahead and they kick a field goal anyway. Um, so it's really kind of no harm, no foul. But at the end of the day, you tacked on three more plays, offensive plays for the Rams. You took off, you know, more time off the clock. So they ended up having the ball for the first six minutes of the third quarter and only got three points out of it. Um, that was huge. So you talk about how many plays they ran, how many yards they got and everything. But, you know, their their next scoring drive took uh, took eight plays for them for them to, to get points. And then again, another eight plays versus, you know, the Buccaneers are going down. I mean, in in two in the two touchdown drives that the, the Buccaneers Rams, you know, when they were they were sitting there kind of exchanging hooks. Right. Uh, the Bucks scored, then the Rams scored, then the Bucks scored, then the Rams scored. The the Rams had to run 16 plays and ran almost five minutes off the clock to do it. The Buccaneers ran eight plays to score the, the same amount of points. So I mean, so Bruce Arians isn't going to care that this defense gave up 500 passing yards. Bruce Arians isn't going to care that this defense gave up 40 points. What he cares about is did we win, and do we have material to make sure that we don't do what we need to do or what we don't do we have enough to do what we need to win moving forward all right well david that's going to do it for uh episode number one of our double header but please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at bucksnation.com make sure you're following along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at dh82 underscore bucks at bucks underscore nation make sure you're sending us your voicemails please try to keep them to uh, about a minute or less and make sure that they are family friendly but you can give us a call at 813-444-5841 if we play you on the air uh, you are entered in to win the drawing for the NFL Shop gift card but again try to try to keep them to a minute so we can get more calls on here because you guys are are killing it and we uh, we certainly appreciate it. Hope you all have a phenomenal day and we'll talk to you soon with part two of today's episodes right here at Lock on Bucks.